Hey, hi, hello. So welcome to yet another episode of In Defense of Liberation, uh, the show that is working towards and educating about a true people's liberation movement and one day soon a true proletarian revolution. Um, If you uh, didn't know, I already recorded an episode today, not that that really matters, but this is just kind of going to be a little short episode about an experience I just had. Um, I... uh, I said in the episode I posted not too long ago that I wasn't feeling well. I ended up leaving work early when my coworker came in so I could uh, go get tested because um, I had the sniffles, a little sore throat. Uh, I really didn't have any reason to believe that it was COVID. The two people that were in my life that were sick that I think I got sick from both tested negative themselves. I just tested negative, so things seemed to be all good. Uh, I took a little medicine and I'm feeling better, but I wanted to talk about two things because I just sat for two and a half hours uh, waiting for my results to get back. So I had a lot of, you know, uh, thinking time. And I also uh, read a decent amount of this book that I'm trying to finish before I have to return it. It's called OSS, The Secret History of of America's First Intelligence Agency by R. Harris Smith. Um, check that out. It's pretty really, it's really fucking good, actually. Um, it's pretty bland. It's not, it's not an entertaining read. I mean, there's a lot of information in there, and I'm like a history buff, and it's like about the COI, the, uh, Commission of Information, and the, uh, OSS, uh, which a lot of people don't really know about, but was like kind of essentially a precursor to the CIA and the FBI. Um, So it's just filled with a lot of dense information about, like, all the ways in which they were uh, invested in world geopolitics and military strategies, economic and revolutionary uh, processes, etc. But before I really get into that, I wanted to talk real quick about the experience I just had at this testing site and kind of loop it into uh, the line I've been trying to put forward about how to really propagandize uh, about this pandemic and its handling. So first and foremost, all of the issues which are coming to the fore because of the pandemic are pre-existing conditions which the capitalist and imperialist system have created uh, due to the contradictions that exist between the uh, socialized uh, mode of production and the uh, capitalized or the capitalist uh, mode of accumulation. Uh, combined with also the imperialist and settler colonial nature of the U.S. empire and all of the nice little contradictions that it creates, uh, the inequality, the racism, the sexism, the national and ethnic uh, supremacy, etc. All of this uh, was there. Uh, It created the poverty, houselessness, joblessness, mass suffering, struggle, militarism, pollution, etc. that the world is facing now. And, uh, you know, all of that was really clearly there prior to the intensification which came due to the COVID-19 pandemic. But in fact, a lot of the reasons why issues are getting so much worse are because the pandemic itself is not being properly handled by the U.S. government, nor many capitalist or imperialist governments worldwide. Um, They've basically taken a stance that, okay, we might provide for, in some instances, like in Nordic states, 
uh, a little bit more at home testing, a little bit more isolation time. But ultimately, we're going to let, you know, black, brown and indigenous people, especially in the global south, suffer and die. We're not going to let vaccines get to them. We're not going to open any international patents on intellectual property. We're not going to do anything other than send almost expired vaccines to countries like Nigeria and then chastise them internationally for having to throw away a million AstraZeneca doses that were just about at their expiration date when the government of Nigeria actually uh, appropriated them from the capitalist government. So, Unfortunately, we see all over the place that the uh, empires and the capitalist regimes have absolutely no direct interest in seeing an end to this pandemic other than finding ways to profit during the intermediary time between now and then. So unfortunately, as we see both here in the U.S. and across the world, the strategy of profits over people is yet to be overthrown. And private companies all over the world, such as Johnson & Johnson, Moderna, and Pfizer, would rather rake in millions of dollars than save millions of lives. So, what does this mean? Well, I think a nucleus of an example is evident in the experience that I just had with my own testing. So, let me just give you a little breakdown. As I said... Uh, Actually, I don't know if that was in this recording because I've tried to record this twice and alarms went off. But I called seven places in my local area. Of those seven, three answered. The other four had messages basically saying that they were out of test kits. The three people that answered, two of them told me that they were only testing for people that were asymptomatic. Those two people did not tell me any other places that were testing for symptomatic people because I have a sniffle and a sore throat. Now, when I finally got to the place that I was meaning to get to that was doing symptomatic testing, that had rapid result test kits that were taking, you know, walk-ins, that was from... I only found that place after 45 minutes of driving, and thankfully the local urgent care in my city had the correct testing and the ability for me to get tested, right? But now, two things. First and foremost, if you don't have access to a phone or to a vehicle, what happens then? Really? You gotta make these people walk all over the place? And the second thing was, when I did get there, when I actually pulled up, I had to wait outside for about an hour before I even got inside to wait, right? Now, I'm standing next to elderly folks that are barely holding themselves up by their walkers, right? Because they're sick. Once we get inside, I'm surrounded in this small little waiting room of this, you know, pop-up urgent care in a shopping mall. Some of y'all might have these types of locations that you're getting tested at now. We're like... 30 plus people are hawking up along, they're coughing, they're sneezing, they're sweating. And I overhear the nurse as I'm going to leave after checking in to go sit in my car say that they just had a positive test result of a 16-year-old kid who straight up passed out from a fever in the middle of the waiting room and had to get transported to the local hospital. 
So, you know, really, if I don't, ha- I, I tested negative now, if in a few days I'm feeling worse, it might be because I had to go inside of this building and wait for a half an hour before even getting checked in, let alone tested, right? So they didn't have drive-through testing. I thought that that was crazy because not for nothing, there is quite a few drive-through testing places here or pods where basically you wait outside, one person goes in, Everything sanitized in between people, at least to the best of the ability of the workers, right? You can only do so much, especially when they don't have any support. The fact that that wasn't what we had, I thought was crazy because not for nothing, again, you're putting 30, 50, 100 people, depending. I've gone to a few different places where there's been almost 100 folks in the waiting room um, and waiting outside. Yeah, 30 plus people who all think that they might have COVID symptoms in the same building. What the fuck does that do for anybody? You know, what does that do for the the nurses and the frontline healthcare workers that have to check us in? They're all going to be sick. And that's the real reason why, you know, uh, a lot of isolation numbers have gone down is because a lot of these frontline workers, you know, nurses and apparently fucking airline workers are, you know, God, they need to be there. Uh, Anyways, I'm getting on a tangent. So all of that shit happened, right? I mean, it was completely disorganized. There was only two nurses up there who both seemed very frustrated. The phones were ringing like crazy and they weren't able to answer them. People are, you know, obviously nervous. They're temperamental. They're overwhelmed. So just an awful situation in general. And uh, another thing was, um, you know, there was this family that was there that wasn't able to speak much English um and so I kind of like overheard because they were really struggling uh and I have an ADHD brain that gets fixated on interactions and conversations happening around me especially stressful ones um they're trying to interact with the nurse right and they're saying you know we don't have symptoms we weren't exposed but we're trying to go visit our family who isn't feeling well and we're trying to go you know, make sure that they're okay. So they're, they're trying to leave the country. Um, and the nurse basically was like, okay, well, since you don't have any exposure and you don't have any symptoms, we're going to have to charge you because your insurance isn't going to let us test you for no reason. So it's going to be $225 a piece for the PCR tests. Now, okay, who's surprised, right? I know I'm kind of hitting on something that a lot of people are going to be like, yeah, that's fucked up, right? But like, what I don't really understand is how the fuck are you, how how the fuck are these government uh, representatives trying to sit here and tell us that they give a shit about us at all? How are they just straight up lying to us while charging people $225 a pop for a test that they have to get, which, you know, by all rights, Most people aren't getting. Most people don't care about their COVID symptoms. Most people aren't even wearing a fucking mask in my area. And this family is so dedicated to making sure that they're safe, that they're going above and beyond to get tested without symptoms, without exposure, so that they can make sure that their family members and the people that they're going to interact with at the airport and on the airplanes are going to be safe. And they have to pay $225 a piece out of pocket for these tests. Now, what happened if they didn't have that money? What happened if they didn't have those tests there? What happened if, you know, X, Y, and Z? Are we just going to say, ah, fuck it, you know, 
hopefully you're not sick, but go have fun on that airplane, right? Or just tell them, sorry, you can't go visit your family members who are sick because, you know, you don't want to cough up the money for these tests. That's fucking ridiculous, honestly. Honestly. And it shows, ultimately, the true issue and ultimately what I want to finish on before I go, because this is going to be a short one. This is the true issue that is facing us right now when it comes to the pandemic and healthcare in general in the United States. When you have a privatized healthcare system that is only applicable and only does what it needs to do when profits are available, they're not going to actually do what needs to be done to ensure that the masses of people within these communities are safe, are healthy, and are supported. That much is clear. You know, and it's not just COVID, it's everything. The fact that the CDC and Dr. Fauci, the people who just told you that, hey, we're going to knock isolation down from 10 days to five days. Hey, believe it or not, they're the same people who in the 70s, 80s and 90s just let all of the AIDS patients die. Same folks, same folks. So, you know, some people are out here calling the CDC the capitalist death cult. Now, I I can fucking get down with that. But at the same time, I mean, really, what we need is not just the consistent chastising and demonizing of these different organizations, which a lot of people aren't supported by in the first place, especially when you're talking about discriminated against and marginalized communities. But one thing that's really frustrating me is the fact that these are the only quote-unquote experts that anybody really can get a hold of. Because we aren't organized. We aren't militant in our communities. We don't have our neighborhoods together and working towards, you know, testing everybody, getting folks the support they need, having clinics set up, taking nurses from the local hospitals and schools and giving them, you know, any kind of uh, role in these clinics, in this testing. There's no sense of community or whatsoever so that the only folks that we're left with to trust are, you know, the scientists and the experts who do shit like the CDC does. And so we have to try to play this role of figuring out, okay, how do we get people to listen to the experts, but also know that sometimes the experts are co-opted by capitalism and money. How do we get folks to understand that, yeah, you got to take the vaccine, but also realize that these companies and these organizations do have a reason to just push out vaccines as a strategy for containment without any long-term or, you know, shutdown strategies that will actually implement some kind of apparatus to contain this virus. How do we really, how do we navigate all that? How do we figure all that shit out? It's so fucking complicated. But I really want to stress here that this experience and just about every experience I've had during the pandemic has really shown me that we have no support in our local, state, or federal governments. We need mass action and mass mobilization now. We need people knocking on door-to-door, information spreading, flyering, having conversations, and organizing the people in your neighborhoods, in your community, towards actually being able to attack and affect this pandemic and the ongoing crises that underline this pandemic that ultimately are intensified by this pandemic. Otherwise, we are going to see a continuation of this system as it is. We have to be militant, we have to be organized, and we have to be agitating, propagandizing, and getting out 
wherever we can, however we can safely, in order to get the people aware that we are the actual agents of change. We, the oppressed and exploited people today, are the only ones who can actually be capable of building a society that puts people before profits. Because if we're, you know, really put in charge, our lives are in our hands. Our lives are currently in the hands of capitalists, of bankers, of NGOs and nonprofits, which have time and time again shown us in the global south through their treatment of Africans, of Asians, and of people in Latin America, through their consistent disownership and disregard for the needs of the people on the continents within the global south, it is clear that although these are the experts and the people who have the power now, they are not truly the experts and people that we need in power who are going to implement every change, who are going to do every little thing that they can to make sure that every action is taken, is taken in a way that is going to ensure the safety, the health, and the continued uh, sanctity of the people of the world. These individuals do not exist in these halls of power. These individuals are kept out. These individuals are isolated. These individuals are uh, really uh, slandered. And I think that one of the most important things that we're witnessing right now is a complete disregard by uh, indigenous and colonized peoples and their practices towards medicinal health and uh, an actual attack on this pandemic. Because I think if you look at countries all over the world, socialist programs are very much capable of implementing change that is actually enacting and actually containing the masses in a situation that will keep them safe and is really eliminating the virus overall. If you look at China, Vietnam, and these other countries, they've been able to, even as the U.S. and the Western powers allow more variants and mutations to come on the front, they've really been able to do a whole lot in Cuba and in Nicaragua to keep their people safe. And that's because the actual society, the actual uh, policies that are being implemented are not being implemented for the sake of profits, but are being implemented for the sake of keeping people safe, for stopping the spread of this virus, and for ensuring that this pandemic does not cause further poverty, suffering, and struggles in the way that it really has all across the world when capitalist and imperialist nations do absolutely nothing to stop it. I also want to stress this. Ultimately, uh, you know, what we're looking at is a system built on uh, constant growth and constant profiting uh, at the, you know, really the behest of the working and exploited masses who are going to be the ones who are impacted by this, as they are always the ones who are impacted by social, political, and economic inequality and injustice. So really, I think that uh, what needs to be done is, uh, as I said, you know, mass organization. But something like that takes time. Something like that is not possible uh, in a snapshot because, you know, we recognize that it's a good idea. Um, ultimately, what we need to be doing is supporting healthcare workers on the front line. We need to be demonstrating for lockdowns and shutdowns. We need to be demanding uh, true support by the CDC and other entities 
Um, we need an actual mass mobilization of healthcare workers here and across the world. Uh, we need meetings, we need to get connected with one another, and we need to take the situation into the hands of the people. We need to take this pandemic into our own hands. Um, something like that, again, is going to take a lot of time, a lot of organizing, but I think it's something that really needs to be uh, done right now. Um, we've seen almost three years into the pandemic that they're not going to do anything for us, and we know now with the CDC's recent lowering of the isolation time, um, I really do think that the only thing that's going to be able to save us right now is active revolutionary politics and organization through just about every channel and means possible. Um, yeah, I think a lot of us know very well, um, that this is the reality that we are facing. I think a lot of us know very well that one of the most important things that we can be doing ourselves is becoming educated. That's politically, that's economically, that's socially. We have to become keenly aware of everything that's going on around us. Now, the last thing that I really want to say is this. Something like the deep study of concrete conditions can really only come in a uh, group setting. Now, I'm not saying this because, you know, I think so. I mean, let's just think logically. If you have a research group for just about any project that you do, even down to a research project that you do in middle school, you have partners because a research project really... Uh, especially one that has a presentation where you have to pass that information on. It needs multiple people with multiple different skills working together to come to the same objective goal and then really delivering on that objective goal. So that's something that we aren't seeing right now. We are seeing healthcare workers abandoned. We are seeing the private insurance companies turn their back on people charging again, like I said, $225 to these people. Now, I don't know the circumstances. I don't know what insurance they have, but that's not also very rare. You know, somebody gets charged $100 for a copay at a psychiatrist because they want to get medicine so they don't feel suicidal anymore. You know, people got to pay thousands of dollars out of pocket for cancer treatments or even a biopsy, you know? Sometimes the most incredible thing is really looking into the history of the medical uh, field here in the United States, especially its direct connection to the eugenics movement. And you understand why some black, brown, and indigenous people even today are still saying things like, I'm not getting no goddamn vaccine. Because ultimately, a lot of these organizations, a lot of these groups of people have done horrible, awful things. The only way that we solve this problem, folks, is coming to a concrete understanding of what the fuck is going on, who's really in charge, who's doing what, and how they're dropping the ball, and then finding ways to do better ourselves. But goddammit, if you think you're going to be able to do that alone, if you think you're going to be able to do that because you read a good book or because you have a social media following, you really don't understand political struggle and social change whatsoever. If we look at history, one of the most important things that we notice is that large groups of people in the millions sometimes are required in order to make even some of the slightest changes in some of the areas in the world where it's most evident that the change needs to be made. I think one of the most ridiculous things that we ever say here in the United States is that people are stupid. 
People aren't stupid. You know, the fact that folks don't participate in politics doesn't make them stupid. The fact that people don't know that police brutality is endemic and foundational to American society doesn't make them stupid. It makes them brainwashed. It makes them propagandized. It makes them citizens within a system which is predicated on their exploitation and further oppression for the benefit of the ruling class elites who take advantage of these people, who spread this misinformation, who allow the CDC and folks like Dr. Fauci to advocate for this idea that if in five days you're feeling a little bit better, you have no reason to worry about going around people. I swear to God, if I find out you were positive five days before and you came around because you were asymptomatic, I'm about to have COVID, not because I came around you, because I'm going to beat the shit out of you, honestly. Because really, and I know I'm going back on almost immediately me saying people aren't stupid, but holy shit, what other sickness goes away that quickly? Really? Does anybody, after having a serious stomach bug in five days, just go back to doing everything that they do? And you know what's crazy as I'm saying this out loud? Yeah, most people do. Most people in America, holy shit, do not take hygiene and public health seriously. One thing, and I'll probably say this and have to wrap up with my ending statement. One thing that really, really made me bonkers and still does. At the beginning of the pandemic, do y'all remember seeing signs pop up everywhere that said, make sure to wash your hands? Now, as a male, right? Pretty common for folks not to wash their hands after they use the bathroom. Isn't that fucking ridiculous? But isn't it ridiculous also in general that we had to go around telling people in the middle of a global health crisis that they need to wash their hands, that they need to wear a mask, that they need to get a vaccine, that they need to stay home and isolate, that they need to close down their workplaces, that they need to allow their employees the kind of protections that they need to have, that they need to be even Something as simple as putting on hand sanitizer after you go inside a store, right? Well, the only ridiculousness that is uh, evident is the fact that we're, the people of us who are conscious, blaming the folks who are ignorant. A lot of the people that I see on social media, even myself sometimes in the way I speak about other people, I really have to do something about it. I recognize that I oftentimes inadvertently put the blame on these individuals who don't take responsibility into their own hands. But, you know, listen to some of the conversations that folks in line at this testing location were having really makes me aware that the average person has no understanding whatsoever about how viruses work in general, how vaccines work in general, who the fucking CDC even is or the WHO, um... The average person also doesn't know anything about the Omicron variant, why it's especially dangerous. And most of those people are given, you know, fuel and a fanning of the flame of that misinformation because, well, guess what? It's going to make them probably go back to work a lot sooner than you or me if we get sick, right? So ultimately, my final uh, closing statement is this. What we need right now across the world is a militant and organized struggle which is going to put the needs of the people first. One of those needs, especially when in discussing the pandemic, is this. A full-fledged lockdown for weeks on end where the government and local municipalities provide people with food, 
uh, testing kits, PPE, and anything else that they require. We also need a siphoning off of the wealth of the U.S. empire that is taken from the tax dollars of the U.S. citizens as well as from the uh, mines, oil fields, and waterways of the global south uh, into a fund for uh, COVID relief. I think every single person right now should be should be receiving at least a $1,500 check every single week, as well as extra funds for childcare, uh, foodstuffs, medical uh, procedures, etc. I think that we need a organization of our municipalities in a way that has never been seen here in the United States. And I think in order to do so, we must look at the global south and learn from the revolutionaries in Cuba, in Nicaragua, in Venezuela, in China, in Vietnam, and elsewhere. I think also we must take into account the realization that here within the United States, we are inside of an empire that is destroying the rest of the world actively through many different forms, including vaccine apartheid and a continued exploitation and imperialization of the global south, which is leading towards a continuation of this pandemic because workers all across the world in droves, in billions, cannot avoid even a single day of work due to COVID or whatever issues they are facing, because ultimately the majority of people worldwide, if they even miss a single day of work, can be put into a financial position of detrimental uh, nature that many people don't have the ability to get out of. So with that said, I want uh, everybody who is listening to do a few things. One, figure out what kind of ways you can help in your local community with testing, with vaccines, and with everything else. Uh, the second thing I want you to do is go out and support the healthcare workers and frontline workers in the healthcare fields in any way you can. That means uh, finding ways to get connected with them. That means finding ways to support them monetarily. Uh, and also that means going into your local government and finding ways to pass legislation, to pressure uh, representatives, and to win elections in order to implement changes and uh, material uh, developments that can actually bring us out of this crisis into a situation where the people themselves might actually be able to take hold of the situation. But this will not be accomplished in any way other than militant and deep organizational struggle. I think that every single person here knows what they need to do. Please go get vaccinated, wear your mask if you can, stay home, have a happy New Year's, and we will see you next time, folks. Fuck the Biden administration, fo fuck both the factions of the capitalist party both the democrats and the republicans fuck the cdc fuck dr fauci and fuck anyone who tells you that this virus isn't real or anything to be concerned about if you're looking for more information please reach out and please reach out to the local health organizations and militant organizations in your area join a revolutionary party and begin to struggle now thank you for listening we'll catch you next time peace